It's time for the drive stop for it four. Hour number two of the drive underway here on Fan Run Radio. Top four at four. Brought to you this afternoon by Knoxville Smiles. Here's Tucker Harlan. Thank you, Russell. At number one, the Tennessee Titans have found their next head coach. The organization named Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan as its next head man. In addition to Joe Burrow, Callahan has worked alongside quarterbacks such as Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, and Peyton Manning. Pretty nice track record. Some pretty big names he's worked with. Gets the Peyton seal of approval. When has that ever hurt us? Don't answer that. Thanks so, for um, hopefully, hopefully he's ready for the moment. Lucas Panzica from 104.5 The Zone in Nashville is going to join us here in 20 minutes to give us the 411 on how Nashville Midstate is reacting to Brian Callahan's appointment as coach of the Titans. At number two, two key pieces in the trenches will return for Tennessee next season. Right guard Javante Spragans is officially coming back after much speculation that he would return. Interior defensive lineman Elijah Simmons will also return for the Vols in 2024 for a super senior season. That's two tons of fun right there. Yep. The biggins. Sprags at the JYD. I hope that... You know, both of those guys, Sprague's had the injury, the knee injury. I, I hope that he comes back strong and, you know, no concern at all about him. You know, as long as he's healthy, he's he's going to be a dog. He is a dog. Um, But Simmons, like, I, we, we had heard a lot this past summer. He changed jersey numbers. He had slimmed down. He was ready to go. And then I think he turned an ankle or something in fall mm-hmm, camp mm-hmm. and missed the first five games and, was obviously not in any kind of game shape when he came back. I would he made love some plays though. Would, would love to see him have a great finish because, like, remember how psyched up we were when when he signed and oh, he can dunk a basketball and he can sing and a talent. Like we thought this was an NFL guy. Sing. Yeah, he can. Voice of an angel. I know he can, but that's got nothing to do with football. He's a multifaceted athlete. Yeah, man of many talents. Glad to have the official announcement on Sprags, though. I think that's a really big deal. At number three, the Los Angeles Chargers and Jim Harbaugh are reportedly strike within striking distance on closing a deal to make him the organization's next head coach. Uh, if Harbaugh indeed leaves, there is a strong possibility that Michigan defensive coordinator Jesse Minter will follow him to L.A. And so they would give noise coming out of my phone for some reason they would give sharon moore the the job dumb move so is that dumb. was it rex road who told us that that seems a little i couldn't imagine being a michigan fan if this all goes down you win a national championship your first in however many years with your guy yeah, it's like let harbaugh and then he leaves first first of all you'd want to keep harbaugh it sounds like they've bent over backwards to try and do that sure. if he wants to go he's going to go but I would use your position as a national champion to go and like do what Alabama did. Sure. Like, find, yeah. find, you're, no, you're not going to find another Harbaugh, but you can find a dang good coach, I would imagine, up there. I mean, what, what's Sharon Moore's claim to fame? He beat Penn State as cried an interim? On, cried on camera. <laughs> cried and cursed. Multiple F-bombs were dropped. 
yeah, that that just you know how that's going to go. They they'll, they'll win ten games next year, nine games they, the year after that. We'll have a Brady hoax situation. Eight up there games again. the year after that. Then all of a sudden, it's just oh, what have we done? It's a disaster. Like I, I was looking at their numbers. They lost, I think, it's seven off offense, seven offensive starters, and eight defensive starters. Now you're losing your head coach and several other coaches. Huh. Hate mm. it for him. Ryan Day's breathing a sigh of relief. Well, it's like we talked about with O'Gara, though. It's I mean, if he, if no he excuses. No. You, you, you have to win that league and get in the playoffs and all that stuff next year. He's thoroughly unlikable. Very punchable face. And finally, at number four, some sad news out of the world of college mascots today is Ugga 10. Uh, lovingly referred to as Q by Georgia fans, has died. Uh, you guys may remember Agaten from what his happened? infamous encounter with Bevo, the yeah. Texas yeah, mascot he almost died that in the night. Sugar Bowl. Do you imagine how would they have, if, if if he had gotten a hold of that thing with the point of that one of his horns? Just Ugga skewered. Bevo waving him around in the air, horrified onlookers, just blood everywhere. That was an omen. Blood and internal sure. organs. Well, what happened to him? Well, he, he just died, died pe- of natural causes. Yeah, he died peacefully in his he sleep. He was 10. Really? Yeah. The bugs don't live long. 10's actually pretty good. They also have a lot of like breathing problems. My crazy little brother uh, loved bulldogs like that. Uh, I mean, he went to Tennessee. It had nothing to do with that. But he, he bought a bulldog that um, was from that same bloodline that Georgia gets theirs from. Hmm. And then the dog drowned. Sorry? Yeah, it drowned. Bulldog drowned. Yeah, bulldogs can't swim. Found that one out the hard way, huh? Yeah. Sheesh. This thing's are pretty pricey, too. What was its name? I think it was Reuben. Pour one out for Reuben. No, Reuben was a Sharpay. I can't remember. Well, Reuben, too. Reuben was dangerous. Pour one out for Ugga. Moment of silence complete. Uh, I'm giving, I, I, I'm seeing if Bear can resist the temptation to say something mean about the dead dog. No, because I'm, I'm a friend of animals. I love animals. <laughs> he wants to arm them. You want to arm the bulldogs? No. Arm the animals specifically. With what? It, you don't actually arm the animals, but. But that's what it's called. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a group. Who do you want to arm? Uh, the people that go out and the gorillas. Poachers. You want the gorillas to be out there with the machine going, come on, I'm ready for your ass. Gorilla. Mm, no. They're like, kind of like animal gorillas. Imagine a gorilla, gorilla with a gun. Freedom fighters? Yeah. Like they're fighting for the gorillas yeah. and other animals. They're gorilla gorillas. Gorillas now, for they gorillas. Were, they were tracking some poachers, the group that I support, and when they caught up with them, their work was done. These guys were hunting like black rhinoceros, and a pride of lions ambushed them and killed them. Then everybody chowed down. Chowed down. I saw the cats and then the hyenas and jackals. Karma. You, 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 you call it karma. You know what I call it, Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tucker. 
That is the top four at four. It's brought to you by Knoxville Smiles. It's where I go for all my dental work, and they can accommodate you no matter what issue you're having. If you just need a routine dental cleaning, if it's been a while since you've been to the dentist, they'd love to make your acquaintance and get you uh, set up over at Knoxville Smiles. If you've got tooth that needs to come out, maybe you've got wisdom teeth that need to come out. If you need to do a restorative procedure, fillings, crowns, bridges, veneers, implants, they do it all right there at Knoxville Smiles in their state-of-the-art facility, West Knoxville on South Peters Road. Give them a call today. Tell them I sent you. Their number is 865-539-1776. 539-1776. And you can set up your appointment online as well at KnoxvilleSmiles.com. Happy birthday. Happy uh, 50th birthday to Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Wow. She's 50 today? Yep. The picture I just saw on my timeline, she doesn't look a day over it. Kelly Kapowski. She's, still, she's in her early 30s. Still got it. Yeah, she always will. Saved by the Bell is an awakening moment for many a young man my age, and that came out in 9 or 10. It's like, oh. Jesse, uh, what was that girl's name? Jesse Spano. She is on the list of awesome things Bear hates. I just said she's a horrible actress. Was she really on the list? Yeah. Sad. Yeah. The caffeine pill episode? You didn't like that one? <laughs> he was he was too old for Saved by the Bell. Man, it wasn't that's cool. a, I just like I was, I was so into rock music. I'm so excited. I'm <laughs> so scared. <laughs> it was just cringy. It was a really good impression, HK. Thank you. I mean there it was like they were she was abusing what, like no dos? Yeah, yeah I think that's it, what it, it wasn't was like she was ripping through key rails <laughs> in the bathroom. It wasn't blow. She's got a lighter and a spoon. No, 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 just some no-dos. That's what somebody ought to do is a Saved by the Bell remake. A little edgier <laughs> this time. Zach's hooked on smack. <laughs> He's tying one off in his bedroom. His Slater can't off. make it to school. Getting a couple of hot loads. Sauced. Smack! Well, we would have won the wrestling match, but Slater was drunk again. Lisa Turtles sneaking into people's houses and stealing their prescription medication, crushing up pills, snorting them on a credit card. Saved by the bell. The dark years. (laughs) 865-546-8200. Chris wants to know what position will... Connor Stallions have with the Chargers. Saw that. What do you think? I mean, does he get it? He gets a gig, right? Like, if you're Harbaugh, you got to like throw him a little something, like a little front office coffee getter. I don't think so. I sure would. That dude's like radioactive. At the college level, yeah. Outside of just being, I, I, I would give anything to read that manifesto. You think they'll ever release it? They put. They might. We might get to see some. I don't. Excerpts. I don't think that anybody that would release it got a hold of it, did they? I don't know. Was it like everyone knew it? Pages or I something. It was longer than that. David says so. After yesterday's McIntyre announcement, I'm already looking forward to seeing Tim Corbin's grandchildren playing for the Tennessee Volunteers someday. That's good. We got. We got comedy. We got comedy this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Vanderbilt 
saw some of them online last night. Some of their folks kind of upset about it. Should have played at Vanderbilt. His dad was a coach, or his granddad was a coach here. Amateur losers. Have you ever seen Showgirls Bear? Yeah. It's hideous. <laughs> You're the one. Yeah. I think I saw bits and pieces. I saw an interview As with a kid, that's all the, I really wanted to see. The girl who plays Jesse was on Howard Stern, actually, years and years ago. Was and, it with Berkeley? Yeah, and she was saying, um, like, the director who directed Showgirls was, like, really well-respected. and had, uh, Paul Verheven, right? Yeah, and, the, and she said, the, you know, it's a talented cast and everything, because he asked her, did you have any idea, you know, that it was going to be one of the all-time right. cinematic bombs of all time. Oh, it killed a career. And she said, no, she said not until like the night before it opened because it had a great, it had a great cast, a great director, and it was getting, I think, good reviews initially. And then they played it at some film festival or something and it just got panned. And so it was like the day before she would, knew it, would, it was going to be awful. Suck. Yeah. But yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was atrocious. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, it was. It was, it was one of the Amer- yeah, the Bell girls you know, America's next. Yeah, it's America's you know sweetheart next door, or whatever, <laughs> and she's getting naked and Playing doing it on screen and everything. Crazy stripper. I know, Kyle uh, McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. Gina Gershon. I remember it was supposed to be a huge deal. And then, I mean, there was all kinds of them. I mean, you can imagine. Yeah, I mean, you, do you not remember it when it? Oh yeah, like, I remember wanting to see it. I couldn't. I was too young. How old were you when it came out? When did it come out? Ninety four, maybe. Yeah. Ninety four, ninety five. I would have been fourteen, fifteen. You're fourteen or fifteen year old, and you didn't figure out a way to sneak into it. Nah. We we weren't as we we weren't so oversexed back in those days. You had uh, maybe you get your hands on a Playboy. Of course, you had Craig's Shack, shed of porn shed. Craig's shed of porn. Yeah. Um, maybe you'd stay up late and try and like watch the squiggly lines on Skinamax. Like, oh, I think I saw a boob there. Oh, there was. A, oh, that's a nipple. But it wasn't just. We didn't have. It was like I can't see it. You know, I'm, I'm 14. I can't get into an R. Was it R or was it NC17? Oh, I can't remember. Like I just couldn't go see it, and then it got so such bad reviews. But by the time I was old enough to see, I just I never really wanted to. Hmm. It was NC seventeen. Surprisingly enough, it was pretty wild stuff, man. Never heard of 95. Showgirls before today, Tucker. Sounds like I've heard of it before. Oh, is it? One of the Saved by the deal. Girls, uh, Saved by the Bell Girls is doing an NC seventeen movie. Yeah, everybody, there was a buzz about it. You know what? You say it ruined her career. But what has Tiffany Amber Thiessen or Lisa Turtle done since then? You mean Lark Voorhees? Exactly. Like, uh, I mean, I would say that Kelly was in that that Polly Shore movie. <laughs> Remember that one? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh God, what was the name of Which it? Which one? Um, Son-in-law, where she on the farm? Yes, because the other girl in the movie is like super duper hot, and she has continued to be in stuff. Um. I can't think of her name right now. I, I would say that Elizabeth Berkeley has not had it. Like Tiffany Amber Thiessen has had a little bit better career post Saved by the Bell than Elizabeth Berkeley, but not by a significant amount. And Elizabeth Berkeley has had a much better career than Lark Furies. 
Well, she kind of she had some. She went off the crazy train, didn't she? Yeah, I, I think she's kind of open about it. She's bipolar and didn't like taking her medicine. Hmm. Speaking of a guy who always takes his medicine, I don't know why I said that. It just seemed like a good <laughs> segue segue into Lucas Panzeca. Sure. Whenever he's not feeling well, one thing I'll say about him, never misses a dose, man. Lucas Widespread Panzeca, 104.5 The Zone and Titans Radio in Nashville. Joins us next, Brian Callahan, the new man in charge of the Titans. We'll talk about it with LP coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio. The drive. Let's pass. Back here on the drive, Fan Run Radio, 1057 FM, 1340 AM, or streaming online at fanrunradio.com, your free Fan Run app. We've got a podcast, variety of ways for you to experience the program this afternoon as we go out to the mid state and check in with our old friend Lucas Panzeca. 104.5 The Zone, Titans Radio, LP, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Afternoon, guys. How are y'all doing? Hey, man, we're doing good. I was listening to you and Buck earlier today. I've been uh, consuming all the Brian Callahan info I can get my hands, eyes, and ears on. And just wanted to get your thoughts on the new head coach of our Tennessee Titans. Well, but before I answer that, Russ, how have you uh, – Okay. <laughs> yeah. How have you – How have you? How have you received uh, a lot of the uh, Brian Callahan info gathering? Because I, I will say for me, yeah. I've noticed that there is a lot of it. <laughs> there is a lot of Brian Callahan out yeah. there doing media stuff, yeah. podcast interviews. So there's a lot to learn about the guy, and it's all right there. I'll tell you, the most valuable resource I found was, and I, I'm, I'm guessing you've seen it, but it was a long Reddit thread on a Bengals Reddit. And it was a Titans fan asking, like, Bengals fans, what do you think about him? And, you know, you get some honest reactions from the other team's fan base, but they also, like, pointed to some podcasts that he had been on. And, I, I mean, he definitely presents well. Like, I could see how he interviews well. And, um, you know, he's got the McVeigh ties and all that stuff, so that's good. My initial reaction, Lucas, was just kind of, eh. You know, I, I kind of talked myself into uh, – Ben Johnson was the guy I initially mm. wanted. Didn't seem like that was ever realistic. And then I was kind of getting on board the Sloic I was getting wagon. on board with Sloic too. And, uh, and so I don't want to say disappointed was my initial reaction, but it was just kind of eh. But after about 15 minutes, maybe half an hour of, of digging around, I've, I've talked myself into it. I'm on board. Well, I, I will say over the course of the last week or so, I think I kind of – because I think everybody will be in agreement, Ben Johnson – probably the best case scenario seemingly for every head coach opening in the NFL apart from uh, I suppose New England that had it contractually uh, in place that Gerard Mayo would take over uh we 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 gleaned pretty quickly that Ben Johnson was not going to happen here of, of all the places that reached out for an interview the Titans were the only franchise Ben Johnson did not set up an interview with so after that first week in the lead up to wild card weekend went by where the virtual interviews kind of happened uh, you, you thought, okay, th- this this does not look like it's in the card. So you go to the rest of the candidates, and I think for a lot of Titans fans, like y'all, uh, yeah, it came down to Slowick and Callahan. And look, Slowick, uh, and I, I get why that's an attractive name to people, the Shanahan coaching tree, what he did with C.J. Stroud. But if you do some digging on it, I think the sample size and body of work with Brian Callahan is a lot more impressive with the quarterback resume. 
And the amount of guys that he has worked with at multiple stages of his career, whether it's Peyton Manning, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow. I mean, Brad Callahan had his fingerprints all over Tim Tebow's 300-yard playoff game-winning performance back in 2011. You can go down the list, Derek Carr, uh, and obviously the last few years with Cincinnati, and I get that people are turned off by him not being the primary play caller, but you do some digging on it, you realize just how instrumental he is in game planning in Cincinnati and the voice that uh, that he is for Zach Taylor on game days and how much of a collaborative process that is. So I kind of settled into the opinion last week that, okay, Brian Callahan's my preferred candidate. I, 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 didn't, I hadn't seen enough of a sample size of Bobby Slowick. Uh, there wasn't enough of, uh, of a QB work resume with Bobby Slowick for me. He has done a great job in Houston, but overall, in terms of what the Titans are looking for, uh, I mean, they, they have hired the complete opposite of Mike Vrabel, right? I mean, just from everything, from resume to a playing background or lack thereof to demeanor and how he communicates the message, uh, they've gone the complete opposite direction, and it's very clear that that direction completely revolves around Will Levis and building around Will Levis. And I think Brian Callahan is the guy in that regard. So to me, uh, that makes him a very good hire. It has to give you some confidence, too, as you know, he had some other options there, and the Titans wouldn't let, let him leave yesterday because they had circled him as the guy they wanted. It gives you some confidence that he must look at Levis and say, yeah, I can work with this guy. Because, like, the the other side of that is Ben Johnson declining to interview the Titans. Like, that kind of makes me worry. It's like, oh, man, does he just not – does he just look at Levis as a lost cause and can't work with that? But uh, Brian Callahan – looking at the situation and saying, yeah, this this is the job I want. That gives me confidence that, uh, you know, th- this is a guy, Lucas, who's been around uh, Burrow, Manning, Stafford. He knows what a good championship-level quarterback looks like. Yeah, and I think that was, a, I mean, a huge foundation of the Titans pitch. We don't know. We weren't in those rooms. But and Amy Adams Strunk put it in her initial statement, the lengthy statement she put out after firing Mike Vrabel. The last two lines talk about the young quarterback and the resources they have in the offseason. It, 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 it seems does not seem like a, or it's, it's no secret that, that the Titans are, are, I don't think, are bringing in candidates to say, oh, what do you think about this guy? Maybe would you want to go get your guy? No, I think they're, they're, they're bringing candidates in uh, kind of around that basis of what can you do with our second-year quarterback? How can you keep him healthy? How can you set him up for success? And if you sort of follow the – breadcrumb crumb trail so to speak it seems like Callahan was their guy from the get-go I, I don't know if uh you know had Ben Johnson responded how, how quickly they would have tried to move on that like every other NFL team seems to Johnson's taking his time in this process as he should I mean he's preparing for playoff games and he knows he's the most highly sought after candidate on the market so that process is going to drag out but the first reported name that the Titans reached out to to interview was Brian Callahan uh, the first reported second interview the Titans requested was with Brian Callahan. And like I said, when he got in there, they would not let him leave. It, they went so far as to send a plane up to Cincinnati to go get him because he had some logistical travel stuff fall through like so many people did in the last week or so with all the winter uh, conditions that came through. Titans sent a private jet up to go get him. Uh, so I, I think it, it shows you how much they wanted him, how much he was their guy. And, uh, and it's just interesting going back and listening – you know, to whether it's former players, quarterbacks that worked under him, Zach Taylor himself, media in Cincinnati that loved dealing with Callahan and, and just just everything from his, his background and his resume as a coach, as a QB developer, 
uh, to just who he is as a human and a communicator uh, is all has all drawn rave reviews. And it's an easy sell, right? I mean, I get that he's never been the primary play caller. And, you know, I know Buck said on the show today that he's been told Brian Callahan wants to call plays. That, that is the intention for him is to be a play-calling head coach. And we can go down a list of guys that had not had that play-calling opportunity uh, despite being an offensive coordinator before landing that first head coaching gig, whether it's, you know, Zach Taylor or uh, Kevin O'Connell or Nick Sirianni or, there is a Mike McDaniel in Miami. None of those guys were play callers before they got that first opportunity, and they've all had some degree of success. So I don't think that is as big of a hang-up for the Titans as it is for a lot of fans that see that at surface level. But at the same time, man, it's an easy sell when you're just going quarterback and everything you're doing, uh, you know, the, the mystery vision that the Titans pitched to us but wouldn't tell us what it is seems to just be around the quarterback and modernizing the offense. And that's such an easy sell to fans. That's such an easier sell than, you know, Aaron Glenn, the de- any defensive coach, to be honest. It's an easier sell than Thomas Brown, who just coordinated the 32nd worst defense in the NFL with the Panthers. So with Ben Johnson out of the picture, I, I truly believe Brian Callahan, the guy they landed on, was best case scenario, both in the candidate that he is and how it comes off to the fans. Lucas Banzica, 104.5 The Zone, Titans Radio, our guest here this afternoon on the show. And LP, any early indications on what a Brian Callahan staff might look like? You know, we were talking about that today. First of all, the Titans, at least not since I've hopped on this call or that I've seen, have made it official. I don't know if it's happened in the last 10 minutes or so, but nothing from the Titans website or social media, you know, several reports that it's happening, I have not seen anything officially official from the Titans. So all we can do right now is sort of speculate. You know, the, the number one thing everybody will be wondering is, well, I suppose 1A and 1B, whichever order you want to put it in. And we were kind of debating that today. What's, what's the more critical hire that he has to get right, right out the gate, offensive line coach or defensive coordinator? So th- those are the two that you look at. Obviously, his ties are uh, to his dad, Bill Callahan, the O-line coach of the Browns, one of the best to do it. In that regard, you know, Mike Munchak has been talked about as, as being willing to come back. Zach Piller was on uh, the zone with 3HL just last week, uh, you know, still talks to Munch all the time, said, yeah, Mike would, Mike would love to come back. So um, offensive line coach, defensive coordinator seem to be the priorities. But as far as his offensive coordinator, we were talking today about Liam Cohen because one thing you can go back and look at with Callahan is the way he has sort of uh, utilize relationships and and everything with him seems to be a two-way street right with, with burrow he, he's sort of borrowed with borrow concepts from lsu to do whatever joe burrow felt comfortable with mm. even with tim tebow brian callahan was a quality control coach at the time but he's pulling out concepts from florida that nobody else in the nfl was using just to give tebow something he was comfortable with and obviously it worked for a period when denver won that uh, that playoff game over a decade ago with will levis and biggest piece of success of his career coming from that 2021 season in Kentucky you wonder how much Liam Cohen would be top of mind for Callahan who overlapped with Cohen for one year in LA they were on a ramp staff together I believe in 2018 Uh, so you know that's just something that we kind of try to read between the lines and draw conclusions with but apart from that guys apart from his dad and and guys that he's worked with in the past uh, it's hard to to sit here and predict who he's going to bring along but there's no doubt that uh, that had to be a critical part of his interview process uh, for Amy Adams Strunk and, and Titans Brass. Lucas, I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts with the Titans taking 
the first offensive tackle in the draft at seven, including Mel Kuyper today over on ESPN. He's got them taking Joe Alt. I've seen several of those this week. You know, whether, whether you have a preference between Alt, the guy at Penn State, or somebody else, if you're a Titans need to draft an offensive line guy, that's got to make you feel pretty good that uh, there's so many quarterbacks, receivers, and others going ahead in all these mock drafts. You got to feel good about getting a starter, a day one starter, potentially at left tackle with that seventh overall pick. With that said, let's go back to the, uh, oh, what was it, the 2020 draft where the Cincinnati Bengals are picking number five and they have a desperate, desperate need <laughs> all over the offensive line. And the talk is, is it going to be Panay Sewell or is it going to be Jamar Chase? Bengals go skill position. Uh, that's what they valued more in that moment. And in the following season, uh, or, or not the following season, but I, or I suppose the season after. Oh, no, Jamar Chase was drafted in 2021. Excuse me, he came in a year after Burrow. So the 2021 draft is between Sewell and Chase. The following season, Jamar Chase has one of the best rookie seasons by a wide receiver ever. I think Puka Nakua broke a bunch of his records this past year. Bengals go to the Super Bowl despite having a shoddy offensive line that the Titans obviously tore through in that divisional round matchup and still found a way to lose. Uh, all that to say, I, I don't know how much of a say Brian Callahan is going to have in personnel. That is a pecking order the Titans need to make clear for their own sake with how disastrous the Barthon, Brable, Carthon thing went this past year. Uh, but this is a guy that values quarterback and skill position more than probably anything on the offensive side of the ball. So it's going to be really interesting what his vision is for this offense and how that impacts Rand Carthon's decision-making come the draft. Because I'm with you, man. Left tackle you know, has been sort of a given for this team that that's what they're going to do with the seventh overall pick. But I just keep going back to that 2021 draft when it was almost as desperate a need for Cincinnati. They went receiver. It worked out pretty well for them. There's some pretty damn good receivers in this draft coming up. Uh, in 2024 so uh, I don't know I, I, I just I wonder if it's not as much of a given now as it was even a week ago it'll be interesting no I, I had those thoughts too Lucas and uh, you know there, there's the T Higgins talk out there and will the Bengals franchise tag him you know there's there's moving pieces here the other thing is um, uh, Jonah Williams I believe the the first round tackle they took out of Alabama his contract is up now he hasn't exactly performed up to the projected billing he had coming off, but he hasn't been bad either. He's definitely been better than Dillard and Daly. You know, I know we're not setting the the bar too high there, <laughs> but but it's like you know, could could you get him to come on on a deal and and maybe that's maybe that's your left tackle to put in next to Scrancy and then and then you use that pick on on something else. There are a couple of different ways you could play it now. No doubt, there's no doubt about it. I mean, look. I think we've talked about this. The best way to build a dominant offensive line in the NFL is to just draft well, right? Detroit, Philadelphia, when you think about the best O-line in the league, almost and almost all those starting five, so to speak, were drafted and, and developed within that organization. Uh, so offensive line coach hire is going to be critical. What they do with that top ten pick is going to be very interesting. But if there's a way to kind of – I know it's, it feels like a da- almost a dangerous phrase to find that stopgap at left tackle because Titans have tried that for the last couple of years and it has gone so incredibly poorly. And keeping Levis upright and healthy is so important moving forward. I mean, that, that's the most important asset you have. And if you are hiring this head coach on the basis of him maximizing 
Levis's rookie contract and making him the franchise quarterback, then obviously taking a tackle at left tackle or at uh, the seventh pick is going to be very heavily considered. And uh, I'm, and most Titans fans, I imagine, will be leaning that way just because of uh, being scarred from, from the last two seasons, especially this past year with Andre Dillard. Uh, but it's just something to keep an eye on. You know, that dynamic between Callahan and Carthon uh, is going to be the deciding factor there in what they end up doing with that seventh overall pick. But I'm just saying, let's not be totally shocked and taken aback when the Titans prioritize the wide receiver position the way Cincinnati has uh, since the Zach Taylor era started with Brian Callahan kind of as his right-hand man back in 2019. All right, Lucas, great stuff, my friend. Uh, did you get to see George McIntyre play any in the Mid-State this year? You know what? Not this year because uh, Brentwood Academy was 1-9. So we, uh, we, I did two of George's games two years ago uh, when he was a sophomore. I believe that checks okay. out. Uh, yeah, I did, did a playoff game of his uh, for, for TV and another game on radio. Really fun talent, man. I mean – just walking by that kid on the field, like you're, you're amazed. This was the 2022 season that I last saw him play football, and you just walk by and you look up. You're like, how can a 15 year old uh, be that tall? It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Lanky guy, as you guys know, right? A lot like Nico, he's going to have to fill out a little bit, but just a really fun talent. That dude can make any throw. He's he's extremely athletic. Great basketball player too. I mean, he was a starter on the Brentwood Academy team that won state. Uh, you know, when he was a ninth grader. So. Uh, yeah, huge, obviously, huge pickup. That goes without saying. But uh, to answer your question, I did not get a chance to see him this past season because B.A. just – I mean, they, they were they were terrible, to be honest. And, uh, and you know, they fired their coach. It was a one-and-done guy. And I think they went and made a great hire in Paul Wade out of uh, Donaldson Christian Academy here in the Nashville area to come in and, and get that thing right for one last ride with George. So hopefully I'll get to see him a few times coming up in a few months. Will it be an orange and white takeover Saturday night in Nashville Memorial Gymnasium when Tennessee goes to play Vanderbilt in a big revenge game? Yes, big revenge game. I expect it to be. Uh, I will say Vandy fans tend to show up just a little more when Tennessee's in town, at least in basketball. Uh, you know, just to, I feel like there's, a, at least like with the student section, it feels like there's a, this edge of let's not let them come in and take over. Uh, so you get a little extra. But with that said, man, the apathy around Vandy basketball uh, right now, it, it's tough, man. It, it's, you know, that's worst case scenario, right, for your program. Uh, you know, you'd rather people be pissed off and upset than just kind of eh, like apathetic about it. That's kind of the state of that program right now. So uh, I do I do think it'll be a largely orange and white contingent. Vanderbilt's not playing well right now. Tennessee obviously is. Dalton Connect is an absolute machine. So, uh, yeah, I, I imagine it'll be a leaning a home crowd on Saturday night. It'll be interesting what that environment looks like. All right, big sports week in the Volunteer State from west to east, all points in between. Lucas, we appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for jumping on, and we'll be following you on Twitter and, of course, 104.5 The Zone. Thanks, fellas. Talk to you all soon. At Lucas Panzeca on X. Go check him out. Proud graduate of the Fan Run Academy of Broadcasting, or FAB. Indeed. I mean, Tucker, when you 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 go home to your apartment, you've got, like, Rick Butler and his resume on one wall, Lucas Panzeca on the other. Davey Hudson. Dave, Dave O. Those are the, the blueprints. The blueprints for a successful career in sports media.
prototypes. But don't leave us yet. You're still only like eight months into your two-year contract. Rules are rules. A lot of polishing. We hold people to those contracts, too. Punishable by death. Stay with us. The Drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio. Quick timeout. Back with more right after this. The Drive. <laughs> Always trust someone when they say, I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back. It's, it's something non weirdos always say. Huh? Just, just putting it out there. Lucas Panzeca, 104.5 The Zone, Titans Radio. Bear, what did you learn? I didn't realize that they went like full court press, weren't going to let that guy leave uh, Titans headquarters without. I think he was supposed to go see the Falcons today. Yeah. I mean, if if you if that's who they decided they wanted, they were sold on him. Hats off. You don't, you can't let somebody just walk out the door. Yeah, I mean, we won't know for a few years, but if you think you've got your guy, do what yeah, you can to lock that, him up. Uh, isn't that what Mal Moore basically did with Saban? My my biggest drawback for me personally was that he had never been the play caller. Um, but when you read the list of guys that had never been the play caller and then got head coaching jobs and became the play caller. And are super successful at it. Yeah, it's like, okay, that that makes a little sense. Um, I, I am uh, – it, it's tough. Some of the head coaches that call their own plays. Like, I, until Hypel, I'd never been a big fan of that. But it seems to be a trend, especially – amongst offensive guys in the NFL that you know they're going to they're going to call their own plays. So are there any more NFL quarterbacks that basically call their own like players? Yeah. Or who was the last one that had, had like George Blanda or something? No, I don't know. Who's Peyton? I mean Peyton did. Peyton did. Brady did to a Brady degree. Did. But they called their audibles. They called the audibles. Like the coach would call the play into the headset and then they had carte blanche to do what they wanted at the line of scrimmage. And I'm sure they would suggest a play or two here or there, but they had, like, Tom Moore was the offensive coordinator for for the Colts when he was there, and Adam Gase was the offensive coordinator for the Yeah, but Broncos. I saw Adam Gase call plays later, and I don't think he called him for <laughs> Adam well, Gase had that whole thing where he skipped his family's Thanksgiving to prepare for a game and got shelled. Well, it's different calling plays for Peyton Manning and Mark Sanchez. That is true. Those, those are two different I, I will also give you that. I will give you that. Didn't Sanchez make the AFC championship? He had one good Two run Two years in, in a row. Remember when uh, Gase got hired, uh, that introductory press conference? Is that the way he looked like eyes he was were on, rolling around? Yeah, he looked like he was rolling on like Molly or X. That was weird. Not Never a good sign when your coach shows up. Tripping ball. <laughs> wasted <laughs> to his introductory press yeah, conference. It's pretty rough. Smashed! That's not smashed. No, I mean, I, I, I'm on board. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's a home run hire. He's the guy. But I, I feel as comfortable. Could have done worse. Yeah, and you're never – like the NFL has just become completely averse to hiring retreads. Like you know, Belichick will get a job, and it's Bill Belichick. Like if 
they're they're all going for young, primarily offensive mm-hmm. guys. Are you guys surprised Rabel's not gotten any more? A little bit, yeah. I th- I think he eventually does get a job, but I, I'm I'm surprised that he hasn't. Who who else talked to him? The Falcons, Panthers, the Panthers. Do the, he don't want Seahawks kick the tires. I don't know if the Seahawks did. I want to say the Chargers talked to him. You don't want to. That would be the job I wouldn't take. Panthers? Just, yeah. Yeah. That's just I got, a terrible place. I got nuttier than a fruitcake. Well, that's the one that everybody has Ben Johnson slotted to going to. Because he's from Asheville. He has uh, both North and South Carolina ties. So, you know, did did he grow up following the, the Panthers? I don't know. The issue man. is the last two or three guys there have just had nothing to work with. Well, as a quarterback's guy, you got to be looking at Bryce Young and and you know is is this the guy I want to hitch my wagon to? And after to? year again, one, that's a big question mark right now. Yeah, and and again, we talk about the NFL not hiring retreads. You might only get one shot. If you fail miserably as a head right, coach, right. it's not guaranteed that you're going to get another crack at it. Yeah, but I think Vrabes will. He wasn't horrible. No. He was not. He needs to cut it loose on an offensive coordinator. I think that was one of his biggest problems with the Titans. Like you got to just be willing to take a risk on a guy who's going to try to be high flying and dynamic and not just run the football to set up my defense. Like that's that that style of football is just gone now. You have to have dynamic quarterbacks. You got to push the ball down the field, and if you have a great running game, it's a bonus. Well, yeah, I mean you have to average. I mean, with the way the rules are and everything else. And it's not like the old days when you have a good defense and score 21 points and win a lot of right, games. Yeah. Right. Now you got to score 28 35. Yeah, that's part of the issue. Is the Titans haven't gone over 28 in that, over two yeah. seasons. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They got fired. Let's get Trey in here next. Trey, you're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, fellas. How are you all doing? Doing well. Thanks. Oh, Bear, I appreciate you getting the, the VR up. Um, I don't like flying. And that uh, just hearing your guys' voice comforts me. Oh. And those uh, those trying moments. The uh, voluntary reaction that, at 30,000 feet. I wonder how many people are listening to this on a plane right now. Probably not a lot, but a lot will be. It's kind of hard to get the, you know, good Wi-Fi up there. You couldn't really Well, yeah, that's what I, I like listening now in the future you pay eight dollars on southwest you can get it just fine yeah I, spender I, over I, here. I got it uh when i flew delta this summer i don't even think i had to pay for it extra okay because i um, remember listening to the drive what? on the way on flying in <laughs> that's uh anyway guys um what i was going to call about is you know other than my lack of, of basketball this week which is led me to to just be terribly depressed as I'm up here in Ohio. Um, this this new quarterback we got, I mean, is he uh, is he a dual threat quarterback too, or are we going to be kind of changing the scheme up a little bit? I've heard that he's a lot like Nico. Yeah. He's, he's athletic. Fleet of foot, sneaky, definitely yeah. not a guy you're going to call 20 designed runs for in a game, but no, he can move around pretty good. Great basketball player. Mm-hmm. Great athlete, athletic. yeah. Okay. I mean, that's got me excited. Where's all the uh, hypo can't recruit crowd? 
They are uh, not- notably absent today. My question is, where are all the people that wanted Ellerby gone after not hitting on the kid that they just learned existed two days before he committed elsewhere? Yeah, they, uh, they've they scurried back underneath their rocks. They're, They'll they're, be back. They're waiting to come out and lambast Willie Martinez for lack of secondary athletes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. I guess he's uh he's he's now the easy target. Speaking of secondary, um, this might be more of a Tucker question, but uh, with Michigan's roster opening up soon, um, are we do we have any active targets that we're we're planning on going after? Well, the only Michigan guy that I know for sure that has entered the portal, he's already landed at Ole Miss, so that may be part of the reason why some of those now. guys from yeah some of the guys flipped to Louisville afterward, but. Like we were saying earlier, a lot of those guys are going to the NFL draft. I believe it was eight on the defensive end. So you're going to have a hard time finding guys out of Michigan just knowing all the talent they're about to send to the draft just to begin with. And, um, you know, I, I guess the big question now is will Harbaugh accept that job with the Chargers? Because if he does, then I think we'll see more people hit the portal. And 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 I I I think there should be some you know some targets on there, guys. I want to ask you something. And this is more fundamental. Why don't we talk about numbers when it comes to nil? Why is it this this hush hush? I mean, Nico Nico was the uh, the eight million dollar man, but there's obviously been a lot of money moving around. Um, you know, for the moves we made recently. Why is it so hush hush? Like it's 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 everybody knows what's going on. And I want to ask you, Tucker, because you're more connected. Do you guys get any idea of like what you know ballpark figures and what's going on? Like, for example, Dayland Hurt. Like, what did it cost to get him here? Don't have an answer off the top of my head. I mean, head anybody, for NIL. anybody that would say they did or would be, I, that's closely guarded. And the main reason is, I think, because you don't want hard feelings, yeah, in the locker room. You don't want that. It's still technically illegal to use NIL promises as a recruiting inducement. So you don't want the NCAA on your campus. You don't want your rivals knowing how much money you're throwing around. I think that might be the biggest one. Like The more you can keep that stuff kind of in-house, yeah, let let the on threes and everybody else spin these huge numbers. But if, if you know the number and they know the number and they're good with it, just keep it quiet. Yeah. But, but how would that work? Because you know they're taking it and going to other schools and they're like, hey, Tennessee's offering me 300000 What yeah. do you guys get? Well, for that's me? the problem is there's no way to verify that. Yeah. So if, if you're Tennessee and, and you know, you're recruiting Zaylance Hurd and you're like, hey, we're going to give you $500,000 to come play here next year, which is a lot of money for an mm-hmm. offensive lineman. And he's like, well, Ohio State's offering me $700,000. Like you can't pick up the phone and call Ohio State and be like, hey, is this true? Right. Like even if you did, and you know you those agents it? are using that to leapfrog, each, yeah. you know. I mean that's that's just the nature of the game. So I mean, it's, you would think though. Some, I would, I'll just say I would think at some point that these these you know collectives would get on the phone with each other and be like, "Hey, is that a real offer?" Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that would be getting screwed by protecting that information. And be like, and, and you know, so how and maybe there's like, some no, of that. Yeah, I'd say there's some inside baseball working. But there's also guys just yeah. trying to screw each other over. Oh, sure. <laughs> and so who knows, man? No honor amongst thieves. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to talk about it because it just, it doesn't, you know, you know, there's so much crap going on behind the scenes, and it doesn't seem like any of it leaks. And I, I just, I want to know more. I find it fascinating. 
So, but anyway, I love you guys. I'll let you get out of here for your break. I'll Thank you, you Trey. We love you as well, my friend. Feel the love on a Tuesday afternoon edition of The Drive. Hour number three coming up. We'll go open lines the rest of the way. Stay tuned. More Fan Run Radio after this. The Drive. 